Welcome to the Happiness Playbook, a podcast that helps you practice happiness. I'm your host, Larie Florence, and I believe that life is a team sport and we're all in this together. Each week here on the podcast and on our Instagram account and Facebook accounts, I'll share ideas and practices on how to improve your happiness game and strengthen your interpersonal skills by using the four principles of play theory, which are be present, let go and play, accept and build, and look outward. In today's episode, we're covering the foundational principle, be present, and why it's essential for positive interpersonal skills and personal growth. But before we get to that, it's time for our team huddle. Last week, I challenged you to look for examples of effective collaborative creation in your home, school, workplace, in the greater community and culture. What did you observe? I was more aware overall of how much cooperation and collaboration has to happen for things that I take for granted in my regular life. For example, I got to attend a pro pickleball tournament, and I was in awe of how much organization and coordination had to go on in order to make the event happen. From the volunteers taking our money at the entrance, to the players who traveled from all over to compete, to the parking arrangements. There were so many components that had to come together in order for all of the matches to happen. None of that would have been possible if the people involved weren't using play theory principles. Events don't go well when participants aren't being present or when things inevitably don't go well. If they get hung up on the problem instead of letting go and playing, it just compounds the problem or creates new ones. While planning an event or completing a project, you can bet there's a lot of accepting and building going on. My daughter Adeline is majoring in experiential design and she's learned that one of the most important steps in planning a successful event is looking outward at how it will benefit the participants. When that is overlooked, the only tags given out on social media will be about complaints. I hope you noticed some examples of play theory in action around you. I would love to hear about where you noticed effective collaborative creation going on in your life and community. Message us at The Happiness Playbook on Instagram or leave a comment on playtheory.org. You can also find Play Theory on Facebook. And as always, thank you for listening. I really appreciate it. All right, today we're talking about the foundational Play Theory principle be present. And we'll be sharing some ways to strengthen our ability to focus and be present. So being present involves being aware. What does that mean? When we say beware without the A, that's about noticing our surroundings. Usually we're looking for danger. But what about self-aware or self-awareness? This is a foundational concept that we must master if we want to see improvement. Without self-awareness, we have no control of, over our actions. I had the opportunity to study classical voice for three years. I studied with a wonderful teacher, Ronna Cummins, and she had biannual recitals that we would choose some piece to prepare and work on, and hopefully, at each event, 
we would showcase our improvement. So over the years, even though I didn't study with these individuals, I had the opportunity to see them at a recital, and then maybe the next six months I'd see them at another recital. There was one woman who was very nervous to perform. She had a beautiful voice, but her level of nervousness was such that her physical body would move in ways that she was not conscious of. And it became very distracting for those listening to her perform. One recital, she was wearing a lovely button-up blouse, had rather large buttons. And as she grew nervous as she was singing, she started to fiddle with the button. And then she began to unbutton the blouse at that button. That made everyone uncomfortable. But then when she moved to the next button higher up, and she unbuttoned that, we were all feeling very uncomfortable. When she moved to the one higher, you can bet most of us were on the edge of our seats wondering who was going to stand up and say, stop, you don't know what you're doing. But then thankfully, she rebuttoned that one and then went down to the lower one, rebuttoned it, continued to the last button, rebuttoned it. But then... She continued in this pattern for the rest of the song. Needless to say, she was not aware of her actions. In my life, the year that I graduated college was also the year that I got married and my mother passed away and had to move out of state and work full time. And there was just a lot of stress going on. And I think that was what contributed to me developing this habit of ending a phrase with, you know what I mean? And I was unaware of this, but thankfully, my husband pointed it out. And when he first did, I was incredulous. I said, no, I don't. And then I can't remember what he did to, to draw my attention to it. I think it was something like he would raise his finger or say something like, you just did it. But once he was able to bring my awareness to it, I was shocked at how often I was throwing this little tagline on to everything I said. And I think, like like I explained, it was a result of I was so stressed out, my brain was just spinning, smoke was coming out of my, my ears emotionally, and it was I just wasn't aware. But once he drew my attention to it, and I gave him permission to give me feedback on it, I was able to revert back to how I normally spoke, and I dropped that. But I was thoroughly surprised that I had developed that tendency. Self-awareness is important because it makes it possible for us to tune into our feelings, thoughts, and actions. Without it, we don't see these things, just like in my examples. It also helps us recognize how other people see us. People who are self-aware can recognize their strengths and their challenges, but without it, We can't see ourselves clearly, and therefore, we cannot improve. Now, some of you may be thinking, ignorance is bliss. I mean, if you don't know that you're doing something obnoxious, then maybe you won't feel obnoxious. That may be true, but others around you will view you and judge you based on your actions and consequently react to you as a person who is obnoxious, if You do things that are obnoxious, whether you recognize them or not. So it really is in your self-interest to recognize if you're being annoying or doing something that makes others feel uncomfortable. 
in my story about the lady who kept unbuttoning and then rebuttoning her blouse, she had no idea she was doing that. But I think she did have an idea that everyone in the room was growing very uncomfortable. And this might have led her to the false conclusion that it was because her singing was bad. And that would really be challenging for her to continue to sing and make improvements if she was not made aware of the true cause of our discomfort. Besides being essential for self-improvement, there are other benefits of self-awareness. Being self-aware helps us feel more fulfilled. It improves our relationships, increases our creativity, and builds confidence. We're better communicators, and we're less likely to lie, steal, or cheat. And we're better leaders when we're self-aware. Did you know that there are two kinds of self-awareness? Researchers have found that 95% of those polled think they're self-aware, when in reality, testing showed only 10 to 15% are actually self-aware. And that's tricky because it's hard to change something that you don't think needs fixing. In my experience, most of us could use more self-awareness, so it's safe to assume that you could use some improvement in this category. So keep listening and give these tips on improving your self-awareness a try. Number one, meditation. We hear so much about it being a good thing, but in our busy lives, it's hard to recognize the value of coming to a standstill for 10 to 30 minutes a day when our to-do lists are a mile long and growing. But here's the deal. Self-awareness, which is increased when we meditate, decreases mistakes and improves our efficiency, and it increases our satisfaction in life. So when we take the time to improve our self-awareness through meditation, we're actually saving time in the long run. And meanwhile, you can also enjoy the other benefits of meditation, like lowering your stress hormones, such as cortisol, and feeling an improved mood just to name a couple of benefits. Another way to improve your self-awareness is to write down... Sorry, Napoleon is here with me right now. Uh, I apologize for this little dog, but he is still a puppy and I indulge him. I appreciate you letting go and play and enjoying his snorts as much as I do. All right, another way to improve your self-awareness is to write down your main life plans and list out your priorities. This helps you to bring focus on what is important to you and helps you not to be pulled off track by distractions. Thinking about what you really want in life is a way to connect to your true desires and what motivates you, and it helps to prevent you from being pulled off course or just losing focus. All right, number three, if you're brave or you really want to improve, Ask a close friend, someone that you trust, or a family member for some constructive feedback. Get it in small bites. Don't tell them to tell you everything that's wrong with you in one fell swoop. But ask them, you know, is there something that you think I could improve on? Maybe something small. Start, start with baby steps. I know this takes a lot of courage, but it can be a high-speed path to progress. As a director, time and time again, the actors that are open to feedback are the ones that progress the furthest and fastest in developing their skills. When an actor I'm coaching is not self-aware, it becomes exponentially harder to direct them. Now, side note, 
I can fairly accurately predict a participant's ability to act by how good they are at the play theory principles while demonstrated while playing a game. Uh, that's we'll do warm-ups and at auditions I'll play a few play theory games and I'm observing kids who have more self-awareness. I'm not talking about self-consciousness or shyness are better at connecting with scene partners and recognizing what's needed to portray a believable character. And that type of self-awareness, it shows up when we are playing the play theory games. That's why practicing these core play theory principles is so important. If we can master them, it will improve your game of life on so many levels. All right, number four, try to view feedback as informative and not condemning. Now, this can be hard to not be overly sensitive about our flaws, and I am so guilty of this, so I'm preaching to the choir here. But if we ignore informative feedback, we'll never refine our flaws. In my experience, an actor that says, thank you, when I give them a directorial note and then tries to apply it promptly improves dramatically. Punny pun there. (laughs) I am always impressed by that. I'm not talking about the pun, but I am a sucker for a good pun. I cannot lie. In contrast, those that when given a note instead try to justify their previous choice and are not open to feedback limit themselves in their development as an actor. All right, number five. Have you heard of grounding? There's something magic about this thing called gravity and the Earth's magnetic field. Now, I make no claims to know what the heck is going on there, but grounding techniques that help us connect to the Earth's energy, which, by the way, is measurable and a real thing, have been proven to strengthen our self-awareness because it calms our frantic minds and channels our otherwise zigzaggy, chaotic energy into something that is more manageable. Personally, I've never tried Tai Chi or Qui Gong. I think that's how you say it. Q-I-G-O-N-G. But I am an ardent believer in yoga. So if any of those sound interesting, I encourage you to give it a try. All right, number six, journaling. There's something about taking the time to put a thought to a page through the medium of our physical body. It drains away the excesses and helps us focus in on the present moment. And I think there's something valuable about journaling when we do it without worrying about judgment from others. All right, number seven, observing others or doing things that increase your powers of observation. As a kid, I was really into Sherlock Holmes. And at one point, when I was a freshman in high school, I had to take this super long bus ride across town. It took about an hour. And I found myself getting bored on the bus. And back in those days, or I don't know, maybe I was just a genius. No, just kidding. Definitely not that. I didn't have a lot of homework. So I'd find myself sitting there on the bus with nothing to do. And one day I thought about, oh, Sherlock Holmes. He could always solve those crimes because he had observed all of these details in his surroundings. 
So after that, I made this game of trying to notice everything I could on the bus or out the window as I was driving home or riding home. And guess what? The time started to fly by. And now I'm no Sherlock Holmes, but I think that kind of exercise does strengthen our powers of observation and increase our self-awareness. A tool to help you not take feedback personally if you do ask for some feedback from others or if you do receive feedback is to avoid the trap of thinking about ourselves through the lens of memory. When we go back in time to evaluate ourselves, it's through a subjective lens that we can shift in our favor or in the case of a negative self-image, our lens can be damaged or warped. True self-awareness is experiential and objective, meaning it's not laden with feelings like shame or regret. It's like being curious about yourself without the judgment and condemnation. You're a neutral observer who refrains from passing judgment. You are merely observing. True self-awareness is the objective observation of feelings, senses, desires, and actions. And after we've made these observations, then we can make a judgment to determine our future action regarding these behaviors or things that we have observed. Self-awareness is not about reliving negative emotions, but instead noticing them so that we can learn from their presence. And I would even go as far to say that somebody who suffers from extreme shyness or self-consciousness is not truly being self-aware, but is instead is, is not relishing, but is laboring in a negative emotion and reliving possible negative outcomes that engulfs them with fear and concern and worry. They're not being present. All right, here's the thought. For muscles to be strong and not get fatigued, they have to be exercised regularly. When a muscle gets fatigued, telling them to remember to be strong does not help. Strength in our muscles comes from working out consistently. If you want your consciousness or ability to be self-aware to remain strong throughout the day, then you have to train it with practice that increases the strength of this attribute. When we want to get physically fit, we don't have to remember to keep our muscles strong. We have to exercise them. When we want to be self-aware, we don't remember what self-awareness is. We become present. Telling yourself to remember to be self-aware doesn't work if you haven't developed the stamina and strength needed to do so. And just like our physical muscles, it's not about remembering and introspection. It's about getting to work and doing it, turning our attention to the present moment. That's the benefit of meditation. It's a workout for our attention. And just like with physical fitness... It's not a one and done. We have to do it regularly. And if we don't, we get weaker. And weakness is what allows unconscious, unwanted behaviors like unbuttoning your blouse while singing a solo or 
saying unconscious phrases like, what do you think after every phrase that you speak? And these kinds of things will will sabotage how others perceive us. Now to review, you don't remember how to be present. You either are or you aren't. You are either focused on your objective or you're distracted by something you're not consciously choosing. Instead of acting, you're being acted upon. As a theatrical director, the biggest challenge I face when coaching an actor is a lack of self-awareness. There's a bad habit some actors fall into of releasing their air in an audible breath before they say a line. Generally, we don't do that in real conversations, so it's a huge giveaway that the person is a fake, which leads the audience to not believe them. I try to teach actors that have this tendency why it's not a good thing to do, and then I'll give feedback, noting when they do it while running a scene. But without self-awareness, the actor cannot improve. No No matter how many times I call them out for it, they will continue to do it until they're more self-aware, until their consciousness comes into the current moment and they're truly present, they won't have the power to stop it. A lack of self-awareness also shows up when I give an actor feedback about something like not understanding what they said or not being able to hear what they said. So I invite them to repeat the line. When they then do it in the exact same way with zero difference in the delivery, despite the fact that I just said, in essence, say it different, it's partly because they lack self-awareness. And I think that happens because they can't be present enough to be self-aware because their mind is busy putting out fires of fear and inadequacy because they've interpreted feedback as condemnation. With all of those thoughts conscious or below the surface, no wonder there is no bandwidth to make adjustments in their delivery to say the line louder or clearer. I also see this when an actor can't change their physicality. They bring their isms with them no matter what character they're portraying. It takes an inordinate amount of self-awareness to rise above these physicalities that define us. And that's why we celebrate truly great actors that are able to shift into a new character in a chameleon-like fashion. By being so self-aware, like a reptile, they can shed their skin and take on a seemingly completely new form. This is why some actors are pigeonholed into types, while others enjoy a wide range of roles. Tom Hanks is a master at this, and his wide array of movies is a testament to his high level of self-awareness. The author of the book Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, Stephen Covey, said, Every human has four endowments, self-awareness, conscience, independent will, and creative imagination. These give us the ultimate human freedom, the power to choose, to respond, to change. End quote. When we let our ability to focus and be present atrophy, we're forfeiting our power to choose, change, and grow. That's why it's so important to man up and do our best to improve and strengthen our self-awareness and ability to truly be present. For this week's Play the Week, 
I want you to establish a regular practice of focus and self-awareness. This could be breath work, yoga, journaling, meditation, or a few minutes in nature observing the sounds, smells, and tactile sensations you experience. I hope as soon as this podcast ends that you'll take a few minutes right now and pick something that you will do regularly, maybe not every day, but every other day, to strengthen your awareness. As with building any skill, the key to developing self-awareness is you need the right methods combined with consistent practice. Practice, practice, practice. Without it, our ability to focus languishes and atrophies until we're at the mercy of whatever thing happens to cross our path, and there our attention and focus will go, consciously or not. Don't relinquish your opportunities for growth, feeling more fulfillment, improved relationships, increased creativity and confidence. Instead, develop your self-awareness. That's it for today. I hope that you'll practice this essential life skill that contributes hugely to our happiness. Next week, we're talking about an NBA MVP superstar who's not afraid to fail. Giannis Antetokounmpo has an amazing story, and I can't wait to share it with you. Till then, remember, happiness isn't something that happens to you. It's something that you make happen. You got this.